Hey, True Crimers, it's your host, Jonah B., and welcome to another episode of True Crime-ish, where we try to tell the stories as true as possible around here. So, if you couldn't tell from the episode title, this is another edition of our Missing Monday segment, where we try to just help bring our people home. If you haven't already, bring out your notepads, bring up your notes, do whatever you got to do to make sure you have this information down to go out and spread it. Without further ado, let's get started. On March 1st, 2014, two-year-old Myra Rena Lewis went missing in front of her Camden, Mississippi home on Mount Pilgrim Road between 10.30 and 11 a.m. She was last seen wearing a turquoise sweater with a bear on the front, off-white or khaki pants, and pink tennis shoes. She was 2 foot 10 and weighed 27 pounds. Her mother, Erica Lewis, was technically the last person to see her, even though Erica had left for the store that morning and told Myra and her sister to go inside with their dad, Gregory Lewis, who was playing video games and also watching their one-month-old child. It wasn't until around 3 p.m. when Erica and Gregory noticed Myra was missing. Gregory told reporters that he went looking for Myra on his ATV with his dogs, who, you know, by the way, weren't actually tracking dogs. But anywho, when the police were finally called around 4 p.m., hours after Erica and Gregory noticed that Myra was missing, They set out looking for her with their own search dogs, which weren't able to locate Myra. The family told authorities they believed Myra was kidnapped from their rural road by a stranger. Days after Myra disappeared, the FBI offered a $20,000 reward, hoping the money would encourage someone to come forward, but it did not. Meanwhile, during the hours-long search of the Lewis property, authorities found weapons inside the Lewis home, which was not a good look for Erica since she was on probation. So she was actually arrested days after the search on charges of being a felon in possession of a firearm. Erica's attorney eventually got her off and Gregory was there when Erica was released and he said he wanted to get the focus back on Myra, which I can completely understand. And they were also in the middle of fighting for custody of their other kids who were taken into state custody after the home was condemned. A few months later, in October of 2014, a team of psychics filed a report with the Madison County Sheriff's Department stating that they had a location where Myra could be found. They were known as the Find Me Group, a team of like former law enforcement, forensic experts, and search team members. Their founder, Jerry Keller Snyder, said whatever he sent Madison County Sheriff Randy Tucker, he hoped it would lead them in the right direction. The group's report was never released to the public, and to this day, we don't know if the lead was ever followed on. In 2017, an age progression photo of Myra was released at what she would look like at five years old. Years later, on the five-year anniversary of Myra's disappearance, Alyssa Zhu of the Clarion Ledger newspaper did a profile called What Happened to Myra Lewis. In that article, she said she reached out to Erica by phone 
but she declined to talk about Mara. A request for a comment was also left with Sheriff Randy Tucker, but that was not returned either. Eight years later, in 2019, a new age progression picture of Mara and what she would look like at 10 years old was released. March 1st, 2024, will mark 10 years since Myra's disappearance, and as of this year, Chef Tucker is still on the case looking for her. If you have any information or leads as to what happened to Myra, call the Madison County Sheriff Department at 601-859-2345 or the Jackson FBI at 601-948-5000 who, by the way, still has that $20,000 reward active in Myra's case. So think really hard about this, guys. There will also be a link in the show notes to submit a tip online. If you wouldn't want to call, you can type it, text it. They got all the options available for you these days. To date, Myra's Amber Alert is the longest active in Mississippi. Moving on, on December 30th, 2020, around 6 p.m., 22-year-old Tony Turner disappeared from her favorite tea shop, Dober Tea, in the Squirrel Hill area of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Tony is described as 5'2", 130 pounds, with chin-length black hair. She was last seen wearing a black zip-up jacket, a gray shirt with habla espanol and orange lettering on the back, grayish-colored cargo pants, and possibly a black hair wrap. Her nose and ears are pierced, and she has a labret piercing under her bottom lip. She also has a tattoo of a spiral pattern on her left shoulder as well. During their investigation, detectives discovered Tony later got on a bus to Hazelwood, where she lived. A bus driver reported seeing her get off at her typical stop, and after that, that is where the mystery lies. Tony's sister, Sydney Turner, said that firefighters later discovered her backpack with her phone, wallet, and keys found at the Homestead Grace Bridge. Family members believe she may have traveled down Interstate 80 near Homestead, Pennsylvania. A week after her disappearance, her family held a vigil at Bradlock calling for Tony to come home. Friends and family described her as a loving, kind, and blessed artist, educator, and a lover of dance. Tony enjoyed going to music concerts in Pittsburgh, where she was always in the front, dancing away, whether alone or with friends. One year later, and there was still no new leads as to where Tony was. The Hazelwood community did come together and create a colorful mural in honor of Tony in downtown Hazelwood. Three years later, and police still had nothing new to tell Tony's family. Make sure y'all go ahead and check out our Insta for footage of the news reports throughout the years. Another gathering was held on the official day, December 30th, 2023, in Tony's honor. Just this past December marked four years since Tony vanished. Dateline picked up her story and the impact it had on her family. Sydney reveals she talked to Tony days before her disappearance about Tony moving in with her and some friends. She said Tony and her boyfriend were toxic, so she decided to let Tony move in with her. Coincidentally, the bus driver of Tony's route just so happened to be her neighbor and technically the last person to physically see her alive. A GoFundMe page has been set up to help the Turner family continue funding their search for Tony. 
which is still accepting donations. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes. On December 27, 2022, 30-year-old Sierra J. Chapman was last seen when she met her ex-boyfriend at an apartment on Autumn Woods Drive in Trotwood near Dayton, Ohio. Her SUV, a silver 2014 Cadillac with Ohio plates JVQ8612, was seen on video leaving the area around 4.30 a.m. Sierra is 5 foot 5 and weighs approximately 115 pounds. She has black hair and brown eyes. She was officially reported missing by her sister on December 29th. According to police, her Cadillac was found on January 6th in Middletown. Her purse and other personal items were located inside the SUV. Sierra's family said she had no reason to be in the Middletown area since she has no friends or relative that lives over there. When her ex-boyfriend gave a statement to police, he said they had just broken up and they were just exchanging the last of their stuff when they met up. When police searched the car, they said they couldn't find any evidence of foul play, but they did believe her disappearance was very suspicious. The police and her family did multiple searches, but came up with nothing each time. Around February 2023, the FBI put up a $10,000 cash reward for any information leading to Sierra's recovery. Dayton Police Major Brian Johns, who had been on the case since the start, said based on their investigation, he believes someone in the Dayton community knows what happened to Sierra and he hopes that the reward will motivate them to come forward. Sierra didn't just one day go missing by accident. We know that this was a planned event, well orchestrated, said Major Johns. Letitia Lofton, Sierra's sister, said that Sierra is amazing. She's a wonderful mom, great auntie, a perfect sister, and she loves animals. She has a cat at my house right now named Tommy, and I know he wants his mommy home. A search was planned for a few days later on Saturday, February 11th, with over 30 to 40 volunteers, including Dayton police officers and volunteers from Equin Search, a search and recovery organization. The Doc Ellis Foundation, an organization aimed at empowering minority victims of human trafficking, domestic violence, and families of missing persons, also played a critical role in earlier searches for Sierra. This past November 12th, Sierra turned 31, and by then, she had been missing for 10 months since her car was found in Middletown. Around March, City of Dayton began offering a $20,000 reward for any information on Sierra, which was one of Dayton's largest rewards. If you or anyone you know have information about Sierra's disappearance, call the Dayton Police Department at 937-333-COPS or call the Crime Stoppers at 937-222-STOP. On April 7, 2006, around 9.30 a.m., three-year-old Kendrick Terrell Jackson disappeared from his Canville Falls apartment complex in the 1200 block of Wheelcrest in Houston, Texas. Roderick Terrell Fountain, his father, last saw Kendrick in his room in the bed wearing a white t-shirt and pajama shorts with a football, basketball, and baseball print. 
Kendrick was three feet and 30 pounds with black hair and brown eyes. Roderick said he left the apartment for a few minutes to do laundry, and when he returned, Kendrick was missing, and the front door was open. During the initial investigation, it was believed that Kendrick was abducted by a non-family member. Witnesses said that they saw Kendrick with an unidentified man at a metro bus stop in front of the Kendrick's apartment complex. The investigation quickly turned into another direction because days after Kendrick was last seen, Roderick was arrested and charged with filing a false police report in connection with his son's disappearance. He reportedly made inconsistent statements about the events leading up to Kendrick vanishing and could not truly account for his whereabouts between 2.30 and 6 a.m. on April 7th. Then the days after his arrest, he was hit with another charge, causing injury to a child. This charge is the result of bruises that were seen on Kendrick prior to his disappearance. Kiana Jackson, Kendrick's mom, later passed a lie detector test and was no longer considered a suspect. Kiana later admitted she thought Roderick killed Kendrick and that she saw him abusing Kendrick on multiple occasions, but she wanted her son to have a relationship with his father. Three years later, investigators charged Roderick with Kendrick's felony murder. Investigators believed Kendrick died after his father struck him with his bare hands. During his trial in 2012, two of Roderick's former cellmates testified that he had told them he killed Kendrick after he wet himself, then wrapped the body in garbage bags and disposed of it off of a boat ramp in Louisiana. Roderick was later convicted of Kendrick's murder and sentenced to life in prison. Kendrick's body has never been found, which is why his Amber Alert is still active. Today, Kendrick, if he is still alive, would be 21 years old. His family is still holding out faith that they will find him one day. If you have any information on Kendrick's case, call 1-800-843-5678 or the Houston Police Department at 713-884-3131. Next up, we're looking for Dejona Purnell. Dejona, an African-American girl with a medium complexion, was last seen on the 400 block of West Raymond Street in Philadelphia on January 22, 2024, just a few days ago, around 7 a.m. Whoever last seen her most likely could not recall what they seen her wearing because there is no known description of what Dejona was last wearing. But what I do know is that she's 5'5", 99 pounds. She has a nose ring in her left nostril and has the cutest braces. She also wears prescription glasses as well. I know it's not a ton of information and I don't want us to get hung up on what she was last wearing, but if any of these details sound familiar in the slightest, please give the East Detective Division a call at 215-686-3243. So before I get into this next one, I just want to say I try to cut Memphis so much slack. Like if I hear folks like speaking down on Memphis or talking about like how dangerous it is and things like that, I kind of hit them with the little, you know, it's dangerous everywhere rebuttal. And like I'm a real Southern girl and I'm like protective over my Southern cities especially my cities packed with so much history, potential and good food. 
But my rebuttal kind of does falter slightly when I do my searches for my missing cases to cover for the week. And when every other case is set in Memphis, it's really disheartening to see so many women, men, and kids just vanishing. Like, we have to do better, y'all. We have to look out for one another. Cases like the one I'm about to mention should not even be a thing. Jaquela and her big sister, Shakira Bowens, were last seen on October 9th, 2023, leaving their home on Waldorf in Memphis, Tennessee. Jaquela is 13, African-American, 5'2", 120 pounds with black hair and brown eyes. And Shakira is 14, African-American, 5'1", 130 pounds with black hair and brown eyes as well. The girls don't have a last seen description and no circumstances of the disappearance have been reported. All the police know is that the two were last seen walking in an unknown direction together. And to me, it's just insane that absolutely no one in the neighborhood could comment further about the girl's last sighting. Please make sure to. Please make sure to check out. Please make sure to check out their photo on our social media. And if they look familiar at all, please call the Missing Persons Bureau at 901-636-4479. The last case that I will cover today is baby Joshua Javon Davis Jr., who was just one year old when he went missing on February 4th, 2001 in New Brunsfeld, Texas. Baby Joshua was last seen in the kitchen of his family's mobile home on the 2600 block of Savannah Hill Circle between 8 o'clock p.m. and 8.20 p.m. Baby Joshua's parents had a get-together that night with around nine guests, including Baby Joshua, but things took a turn when no one can find Joshua in the home. The police were called, and once they arrived, they initially thought Joshua may have wandered out of the front door since it didn't since it seemed to have a latching problem. They began to search the neighborhood, thinking they would find Joshua in the area quickly, but they couldn't find a trace of him. Not even the dogs could pick up a scent. The confidence that the police had in finding him that night dwindled a little more once they took into account the low temperature of 19 degrees and the snow that was falling on the ground, making the chances of the toddler surviving on his own outside very minimal. Since they were not able to locate baby Joshua, the detectives had to explore other leads. The parents believed a family friend who did not stay long at the party and left shortly before baby Joshua went missing, might have something to do with the disappearance. They also told detectives that the family friend gave conflicting stories to them about what occurred that night. But the detectives say that they were able to confirm that there was a 45-minute to 60-minute delay before the police were even called about baby Joshua's disappearance. During that time, there was a family meeting and a disposal of illegal drugs from the scene. The police seemed to think that the answers that we want lie with one or multiple of the adults that were at the house that night. Joshua's parents remained that they are innocent and blamed the police for not looking for their son. Joshua was last seen wearing a blue and red plaid long sleeve button down shirt over a gray long sleeve rocker shirt. Dark 
dark blue Rockerwear jeans, a beige and white Rockerwear onesie, black and white socks, a diaper, and no shoes. He was two feet and weighed 30 pounds at the time of his disappearance. He's African-American, has black hair and brown eyes. Joshua's nickname is Fat Boy. He has a quarter-sized dark brown birthmark above his left knee. Joshua is now 14, and we have included an age-progressed photo on our social media. If he looks familiar, or if you have any details on what may have happened to Joshua, please give New Bronzefell's Police Department a call at 830-221-4100. And y'all, that concludes this Missing Monday segment. This was so tough for me to get through, like not as far as like the details being gruesome and things like that. But just like, I don't know, y'all, I'm having like, I'm having like my little personal issues. And it was hard to really like push those out of my head, get out of my head and step into being this, being the true crime-ish host. So just bear with me this week. I know that this may have been a very, very tough listen. And I'm sorry to even have put y'all through this episode, but I really am thankful for those of you that are tuning in and just continue to bear with True Crownish. We are getting adjusted. I'm getting adjusted for, can't even get my words out now, but um, just pray for me and I'll see you guys next week or talk to y'all next week. Bye.